Hello, I'm Scott, and welcome to episode three of the NRL Bulldogs Fans Podcast. I'm joined by Matthew yet again. How are you going, Matthew? Yeah, good, Scott. Yourself? Yeah, I'm going well. How's the weekend? Ah, would have been better with a win, but I had an all right weekend. Yours? Yeah, it would have been, yeah. Mine's not too bad. It would have been so much better for a win, but uh, it could have been much worse if we were talking about the footy. Let's uh, dive into last week's review. The Bulldogs going down to the Roosters 20 points to 12. What was your thoughts on the overall game? Uh, well, it wasn't a great game by any standard for, from our point of view as Bulldogs fans. Uh, Roosters came out firing in the first half. Unlucky not to get a few um, early tries. A couple of forward pass calls really helped our cause out in that game. But I, I feel like the Roosters, uh, they, they played a really good first half and they went into the break in the second half. They were focused all about the defence and worried, uh, more worried about our future games and their run into the finals than the game that was at hand there. The Dogs had a bit of a comeback. Two tries to Remus Smith and uh, right towards the end of the game, we had a chance to score a late try and um, put it into a to a thrilling final few, but it wasn't to be. And the Roosters probably pretty comfortable with a twenty points to twelve victory. A very good, uh, very good review there by yourself. Um, it never, it never felt like we never felt like we were really threatening them in any stage of the game. Like you said, there was a few forward passes. There was the time where Holland pushed Joseph Manu into touch. Yeah. So there was a few butched opportunities by Roosters, especially early on in the first half. Which, um, yes, they must have felt like they were in a, a comfortable enough elite lead to um, take the match. But, yeah, the Bulldogs did give them a slight scare towards the end, but nothing over the top. Nothing. Yeah, Ro- Roosters had two pretty major injuries. Siwa Takiaho, Boyd Corner there, both coming off the field with calf injuries. You could see uh, the worry looked on uh, Trent Robinson's face from the coach's box. Oh, um, that was actually priceless. Discussing <laughs> that the big screen at ANZ Stadium, that was quite, that was a quite funny moment. Yeah, we were both there. At the time, I don't think we actually knew what, what, what that look was for um, in particular. Um, when we saw it come up on the big screen, but obviously he was worried about his players' welfare and obviously they run into the finals. Oh, he'd been looking a few weeks ahead with those two expected to miss a couple of weeks. Yeah, well, Takiyaho is really underrated front row forward. Done well for the Roosters and Tonga. And uh, Corden is obviously the New and Australian captain, so that's a huge loss. But yep. let's uh, jump in to the player of the Bulldogs player of the match. What, who is your player of the match this week? I, uh, I've gone with Remus Smith, as I said earlier, two tries. He also had 13 runs for 147 run metres with two line breaks. Uh, fast, big body that comes uh, that starts off our sets fairly well. That's what you need in, in the modern-day winger. Uh, I thought he was, he was pretty consistent. Probably our best player on the field. Well, I think he, was a, he had a very good game, but I've actually picked someone else for my man of the match. This is going to be the first time we actually disagree. I've gone with Aidan Tolman. I think he was impressive. He's played 73 minutes, only had a seven-minute stint in the second half on the on the bench. He took 20 runs for 145 metres, 44 post-contact metres. Uh one tackle break, two offloads, 41 tackles. It's not just that those stats, but the fact that he was pushing up support when Marshall King made a break. He was the only one there. And a grubber kick in the end goal in the second half. He was, again, the only Bulldogs player there who almost uh, caused a threat, which saw Cooper Cronk had to slide in and kick the ball out, which saved the day for the Roosters. It's just this man is everywhere. 
where he's, yeah. he's, not meant to be. he's everywhere, and this is why I picked him as man of the match. He's an unsung hero for a long time for the Bulldogs, and I think he played exceptionally well on the weekend, and he can be proud yeah. of his contributions he's, to the team. He's a very consistent forward, and he's always up there with the um, with the high effort areas that you that you've just mentioned: kick, kick, chase, uh, little driver kicks, and uh, chasing line breaks and defence. Uh, huge effort player. We'll just uh, we'll quickly uh, run through the the match summary. As we said, the Roosters twenty points to twelve over the Bulldogs. As we said, Remus Smith was the scored a double both in the second half. Meany converted both those tries. Both very good conversions, I may, I may say. For the Roosters, they scored three tries with uh, James Tedesco and Joseph Manu in the first half with Brett Morris in the second half. And Latrell Mitchell, again, perfect with the boot three from three conversions. And also Latrell Mitchell got a penalty conversion, which he got one from one. The halftime score was 14-0, and the Bulldogs did score 12 points to six, so they did outscore the Roosters in the second half of that. So that's something to be happy about. Yeah, but as I said, the Roosters looked like they were using that second half of defensive practice, um, not really pushing it too much in the attack. It's good to see Latrell Mitchell do well, a future Bulldog player. Fingers crossed. Oh, <laughs> fingers crossed, yeah. I'm glad you had that. But yeah, he, um, he played well. Um, yeah, like you said, the, the Roosters did feel like they've gone off, just went off a little bit, especially in the attacking thing. But it also did feel like the Bulldogs did cross over one more time in the second half and scored three tries. Felt like the Roosters would have switched it back on with the strike power. It just felt like one of those games. Yeah, where they, they felt like they were comfortable, but if they had to get out of the first gear, which it felt like they were stuck in, or second gear they were stuck in, they were able to quickly put that on. So I think they just got a comfortable lead. I'm, but I'm sure uh, Trent Robinson would want a better result next week when the next game. But yes. Yeah, so pretty easy, pretty easy win there by the Sydney Roosters against the Bulldogs. 20 points to 12 is a lot closer than what we thought, I believe, uh, going off our last week review. Um, oh, we said it was going to get ugly. We did say it was going to get ugly, and it didn't so, quite get that ugly. So. so we hung in there. And I think being a Bulldogs fan this season, that's a, a big bonus. Uh, the Dogs haven't really, they've always been kind of close. There's been effort. There's been effort, that's the word. There's been a lot of effort by the Bulldogs. They haven't quite got the quality of player. Uh, in the squad at the moment, uh, in depth of player across the squad, but you can't say they haven't tried. A lot of effort. Now it's time of the episode. We'll be looking to our pop watch, but just before we do that, we might just run through the results. In the jersey flag last week, Bulldogs defeated the Sharks 12 points to 10. Sharks were in first place uh, heading into that game. Two tries to each team. Uh, Tom Corlin and Joe LaRora for the Sharks getting the tries. And John Lalau with uh, one conversion uh, for the Sharks, which ended up being the difference. The Bulldogs, Blake Clayton and Frank Caruso getting the tries. Jake Avrilio, two goals. And there was a, in the 44th minute, one player from each team went to the bin. So, as you said, Scotty, earlier, a little bit of a punch up. <laughs> a little oh, bit yes. of a fight heading on in that game. In the Canterbury Cup, it wasn't a great week for the Bulldogs. The Newtown Jets coming away 32 points to 12 winners at Henson Park in front of a crowd of over 9,000 people. For the Bulldogs, the try scorers were Toa, Mata Afa, James Romonis, and Bronson Gallic. We kicked none from free conversions. For the Sharks, Tyrone Phillips uh, got a try there. Sayoni Toa, three tries. William Kennedy got a double as well. 
Kyle Flanagan kicked three from six conversions and one from one penalty goals at halftime. It was 18-4. Full-time score, Newtown Jets 32. The Canterbury Bank Sam Bulldogs 12. Yeah, it was quite an impressive uh, week for our Jersey flag team. They took out the top of the table clash, which is nice, but a disappointing result in the Canterbury Cup. Um, against being us being first when we went into that game versus the 10th place Newtown Jets, maybe the occasion lifted the Jets Jets up for that game. It's their biggest game of the year, every year, their beer, footy and food festival. But it's been good that a lot of players can play in front of a crowd of over 9,000 people. Um, they would have really enjoyed that um, and they would have experienced a lot of boos in that game against them. It would have been a very heavy Newtown Jets crowd, so it's a good experience they can take forward and learn from it. But this week in the pup watch, we'll pick a pup watch person. And this week we've gone with the very familiar Jaden Ockenball. He went, for, he did 18 runs for 201 meters, 74 post contact meters, one line and one line break. Very impressive day for Jaden Ockenball, getting some good meters up under his belt, pushing definitely. Definitely pushing for a top-grade spot. And also Christian Crichton. You know, he's not the part watch this week, but he was also impressive on the wing as well. Our wingers seem to be doing their job making good metres. Yeah, it was great to see a crowd of over 9,000 people at Henson Park for the Beer, Footy and Food Festival. Great event by the Newtown Jets holding that for the third consecutive year. Just um, a little side note there. It's the biggest crowd for the Newtown Jets at Henson Park since 1980. And for a reserve grade match, how good's that, Scotty? Oh, it's fantastic. Well, you saw we only got 10,000 on um, Sunday afternoon against the Roosters, so not too far behind that. <laughs> they were. So, <laughs> so our reserve grade side playing in front of a similar crowd uh, as the top grade. Uh, I did feel like there was a missed opportunity here from um, the broadcast network, Channel 9 or Fox Sports, and without knowing what their agreement is as far as uh, showing Kittery Cup games on TV. They do show one game each. I thought uh, this was a missed opportunity by either of those. It would have been great to uh, really showcase this festival put on by the Newtown Jets and why it wasn't the result that Bulldogs fans were hoping for. Um, it would have been a great uh, event to uh, to show for people who couldn't make the event or uh, live a bit further out in Sydney or even outside out of state to just be able to tune in and see uh, what's going on at a level of rugby league below the NRL. Um, Obviously, rugby league is a lot bigger than just the NRL or the international game. So it's fantastic to see such a such a great occasion happen at Henson Park. Well, earlier this year, if you're North Sydney, actually, it's funny, North Sydney Bears were hosting the Canterbury Banks and Bulldogs on their Old Boys Day, and they got over two and a, they got around two and a half thousand people there. So another big crowd they played in front of, which they both went down on both occasions. But um, <laughs> so if you're an opposition team playing in the Canterbury Cup and you stop having major events against us, please. <laughs> yes, it's a win. But yeah, but it's it's amazing to see there is still uh, plenty of interest with it, especially those teams who don't have an NRL team, and um, they're using us as well to help with their big crowds. Yeah. So it's um, it's good to see, and um, there's some decent crowds, and there's plenty of interest in that level because it's actually a good quality. Like we spoke before in other previous episodes, it's actually a decent quality of footy. It's really good, and some of those players wouldn't look out of place in the top grade side. Yeah, and just to quickly wrap it up, if you haven't already, jump onto the uh, social pages of the Newtown Jets on Twitter, or uh, I've seen them on Twitter. I'm not sure if they're on Instagram and Facebook. I'm sure they probably are. Just have a look at the photos from the day. See that packed heel. Uh, Looks incredible. 
the uh, the beer and food tents uh, side by side from one end of the field, uh, one end of the ground on the hill to the other. It's a really lovely photos. Great to see. It's now time of the show when we go to Old Dog and uh, we take a look down memory lane at an old Bulldogs player and we have a bit of a discussion um, and we talk about what they've done for the club and also what else they've done, memorable. And this week it goes to the former Bulldogs winger, Bryson Goodwin. He played 68 NRL games at the Bulldogs and he's currently sitting at 176 NRL games. He's scored 70 NRL tries with 31 at the Bulldogs. He's also kicked 136 NRL goals. 111 of them came from the Bulldogs. He has played nine games for the Cronulla Sharks and 99 for South Sydney. Also, in his wonderful career, he's able to he was able to represent New Zealand. Ten test matches for New Zealand. Six of those came at the 2013 World Cup. He scored eight tries in those ten test matches and 14 goals. What a career Bryson Goodwin's had. And it's not over yet, is it, Matthew? No, he's still going at the moment with the uh, Warrington Wolves. And congratulations to them. They've just uh, qualified for the Challenge Cup final, the oldest rugby league competition in the world, starting at 1895, a knockout competition. Uh, very prestigious over in the United Kingdom. Congratulations to him and all the best. Uh, what a left edge we had with Bryson Griffin in the team, with uh, Morris out there as well. Remember that, Scotty? Oh, I remember that. Um, when I think of Bryson Gordon, I think Lethal Weapon, especially when he first started at the Bulldogs. And also, one thing what just popped to mind when we talk about Bryson Gordon was when he used to score a try and turn into an aeroplane when he slid across the ground and used the ball and slid. <laughs> I do remember that coming up a lot with Bryson Goodwin. And if you remember that so many times, he, he must be, he was a try scorer and a very good finisher, a great winger for the Bulldogs and his stint at the Bulldogs, and just a great winger overall. Um, what comes to mind when you think about Bryson? Uh, he's just very consistent, wasn't he? Uh, at the time, we had a, a very solid team. He was a solid winger, um, did the hard yards, he finished off tries. Him and Morris' combination on that left side was amazing. Um, we remember them playing, dropping down, playing together and coming back up again as well at their time at the Dogs. Um, so it wasn't all all high times and fun, but um, we always, I always felt uh, pretty confident going out there with Goodwin and Morris on the left. Well, uh, I also think he played his best football at the Bulldogs. I know he's played more games for Souths, but um, I think he played his it's better footy, better footy for the Bulldogs, and when he left, I knew I was disappointed. Definitely would be a walking start now if he was still playing at the Bulldogs. Yeah. Well, LRL fans, we'll get to see him again next year. Coming back, he's already signed with South Sydney, so he'll play his 100 LRL game for them. Um, uh, so we'll get to see him again on a more regular basis. But, um, yeah, it's unfortunate we don't have a Bryce Goodwin at the moment. Oh. It would have been would have been amazing. Him and Remus Smith on the wings. That would have been something to talk about. But yeah, once a Bulldog, always a Bulldog. So uh, good luck to Bryson and his Warrington Wolves teammates. This is the time of the show. We look at the next week preview. We are up against the Penrith Panthers at Bankwest Stadium. Our first ever game at Bankwest. And it is our home. Matthew, would you like to run through the team list announced by Dean Pay on Tuesday? Sure, at fullback it is Dallin Watelli, the Lesliak. Wings, Nick Meany and Remus Smith. In the centres, we have Kieran Holland and Will Hopawadi. In the halves, Jack Hogger and Lachlan Lewis. And in our pack, we have Tom Leacher, Napa Jackson, 
Corey Mohira, Naira, and Adam Elliott on the bench. Jeremy Marshall King, Renoff Toromaga, Jenny Falalo, and Chris Smith. Our reserves list, Raymond Fatala Mariner, Wakeham Ockenbar, and Ogden. So it's the same 17 who end up losing against the Roosters. No change to that. Raiden Wakeham is on the reserve list. Um, it is a big game for Dallin Watani Zesniak, who was actually playing for Penrith earlier this year before jumping across to the Bulldogs and also Corey Haria Naira playing for the first, both of them for the first time against their old team. Um, could add some spice to this clash. Yes, uh, definitely will. Those boys will be looking to impress, also looking to impress this weekend, will be the Penrith Panthers. They um, large start loss. And if they, um, des- they'll be desperate for a win this weekend to make sure that they stay in that lower top eight position and not risk falling out. Yeah, a very important game for Penrith with plenty of stuff to lose where the Bulldogs have got nothing to lose. Uh-huh. Could possibly go out there and just uh, throw the ball around a little bit maybe and yeah, see what hope- happens. Hopefully a bump of the crowd comes out to Bankwest Stadium to uh, see the boys play. Three uh, games. What are you on, Scotty? First three games. We've got the Jersey flag at one fifteen pm against the Penrith Panthers. And also at oh, 1.30, sorry, one thirty against the Penrith Panthers. And at 3.15, we've got the Canterbury Cup uh, against the Penrith Panthers. So that would, not be, a just... high, that would be a high-quality game, that one. Um, two oh. very good Canterbury Cup sides, the well, Canterbury Bulldogs and the Penrith Panthers. If the Bulldogs win, I mean, with results going their way, they can go back up to first. Panthers are equaled first, well, just behind South on the ladder. And I think we're just one point behind, so a win would definitely get us at least second, if not first, on the weekend. So, mm-hmm. very important game. But that's, that's going to be top quality. But the Jersey flag is another quality game. It's third versus fifth. The Bulldogs are equal to fourth, so the Bulldogs want to win to keep in touch on the four or even get into the four. Um, if they do win, they actually knock out Penrith from the four. But the Bulldogs did beat the last week the first place Sharks, so they know they can go with the big boys up there in the jersey flag. They know they're good enough to beat anyone on their day. So it's two epic uh, games to lead up to the NRL, which is uh, mm. very exciting. So get there early, and you don't want to miss it. This is going to be some good. It's going to be some good footy all day. That's right. Another battle of the West coming. Always a good game. Dogs no. and Panthers. It's interesting this week, um, a bit of uh, banter on the Twitter account of anyone's been catching up with the Bulldogs and Panthers. Uh, the Bankwest Stadium tweeted about their game being a Battle of the West game. Who's going to win? The Panthers then re- replied with, we've already won there two months ago against the Eels. It's not a Battle of the West game, it's a battle of who's the team song. They stole our team song. Ah, uh, okay, yes, Frank Pritchard. Bringing the team song from Penrith to Canterbury. But very three or four teams use um, that particular song now. Yeah, very song. Well, we do have a finish, a better finish to it, and it's nice. <laughs> but very lovely reply by the Bulldogs social media person on Twitter. End up responding with, "You can come to our sheds after we win." A bit of fun on the Twitter account, so they're more than welcome to join us in the home sheds after a Bulldogs win and uh, sing the song if they want to. <laughs> a bit of, of humour there, so it's actually good to see a bit of fun on the social media accounts. But uh, again, the same. If we go back to a more serious topic, the same seventeen players. Do you expect any changes to the team name? There is no Kieran Foran, who was a big 
Uh, he was in the 21 last week. He's not in the 21 this week due to a calf muscle injury. He sustained at training, trying to get himself fit. Yeah, that news actually breaking during our recording. For anyone listening to this, during us recording this episode, the news <laughs> has broken that Kieran Foran yeah. has re-injured that calf during training. Yeah, so um, it looks like it's going to be out for at least a week. It could be more. It's going to be one of those things they've monitored. It could be they could be more on the precaution side. He could miss a few matches possibly. But we'll, uh, so that's a blow to the Bulldogs. And again, it's another discussion for later about Kieran Foran always being injured. It looks feels like he spends a lot of time summer. But will there be any changes to their seventeen? And uh, apart from obviously Corey Harry and Aaron Dalmatez and Zelezniak looking for a big game. Who else mm. needs to have a big game? Oh, the whole team. <laughs> um, I, I don't think there'll be any changes before kickoff, as long as all the 17 players that have been named are fit. I think that will be the team that we take out there. Um, there's certain players that obviously need to lift. Um, Dylan Napa is probably the obvious one. Uh, he hasn't been playing half bad, but he's come across as a marquee prop, and he wants to be the enforcer in our pack. And if he wants to do that, he needs to actually do it. Coming out of the line and missing tackles is not helping um, at all. Players like Adam Elliott's had a pretty pretty poor season by his standards. And um, Jenny Falalo probably needs to step up a bit there. Good to see Tom Muggy getting some experience in the back end of this season. Uh, I, I reckon there could be a change, possibly, with uh, Michael Leacher only playing around half an hour against the Roosters. He was taken off and not to be brought back. A bit bizarre for his starting hooker not to be brought back on or anything, and he wasn't injured, so there was not an injury concern because there was a chance he was going to come back on for a HIA they possibly fought again for Jerry Marshall King. Marshall King, that finished in the half. I do reckon there's a possible chance that Marshall King might start a hooker and maybe awaken them on the bench or one of the Cogger or Lewis drop to the bench with waking them in the half somewhere maybe. Uh, but I yep. really think that Nick Meany needs to have a big game. It feels like he's only in the side because of his goal-kicking ability. Um, he has not offered much in attack apart from his like his first game against the uh, West Tigers this year. He hasn't scored a try. He's no try assists. He's uh, really uh, looks like he's really struggling on the wing. And it's another debate: is he a fullback or is he a can he play on the wing or is he more of a fullback? We do have people on the wing like we spoke about earlier in Pup Watch, Dan Ockenbore, who won it this week. And not behind him, Christian Crichton on the wing, who have mm. been doing well. Could they be better suited to the side? Well, I'd like to see Ockenborg give it a run. Yeah, so no, Ockenborg, so yeah, but we've got Ockenborg and Crichton on his toes. Surely. Well, I talked about thing... the size and speed of Ockenborg before, and I talked about the size and speed of uh, Smith in this episode. Uh, I think that's the type of wiggers you need, so I'd like to see Ockenborg give it a crack for me. But then it's, is it just the goal-kicking holding him in? Is that what we're worried about? Or do you, would you rather pick a 17 and then well, hope? You, no. You've got to pick your best 17 players and then pick your best goal-kicker out of those players. Don't pick a player because of goal-kicking ability. Possibly it looks like it might be one of the reasons why he's continually picked on the wing for the Bulldogs at the moment with the Perhaps. current form. But, yeah, uh, yeah a big game and I'm sure... Corey and Dallin were telling his next really looking forward to this game. Um, maybe a Dallin first try score, possibly, or maybe even Corey crossing the line. And who do you expect to win this one, Scotty? Sorry? Who do you expect to win? 
I think Panthers definitely deserve to be uh, favourites, but I think we can actually give them a shock. We've got nothing to play for. I think we actually might play one of our better games this week against them. So I'd say Panthers probably just wins, but I reckon it's going to be a tight one. What about you? Yeah, well, the Dogs have got nothing to play for. The Panthers have they've lost last week, so another loss will start to put themselves in danger of falling out of the eighth uh, at the season's end. So I think they'll be very desperate. And I think that would be enough to get the Panthers home against us, unfortunately. Well, all right, it's time of the week that we look into the wider Rugby League world with our segment called Rugby League World. We are very creative on this podcast, guys. Very creative. Uh, Rugby League World is a segment where we get to talk about wider Rugby League topics that are not exactly Bulldog related. Uh, however, we do um, often get back to talking about the Bulldogs. After all, this is a Bulldogs podcast. Uh, Rugby League World, we have three topics this weekend. We'll start with Jake Trevojevic not being suspended for a lifting tackle, while Isaac Luke got a three-week suspension, as well as Nick Kotrick. So, Scotty, what do you think about the lifting tackles in the NRL at the moment and Jake not being suspended? Oh, I mean, we've got it's definitely something we need to take caution with. We've obviously known what's happened in the previous years with Ice McKinnon, so it's nothing to be taken lightly. I do think Jake Travojevic got very lucky not to at least sit one, if not two games on the sideline. I was just thinking maybe he's good rep as a person. He seems like one of those people that you are um, just so kind. Of a per- like, he seems like one of those people you go to a shopping centre and he could just stop grocery shopping just so he could take a photo. And if someone took his trolley, he'd be like, oh, well, we'll do it again, hey? We'll start again. Seems like that type of guy who's very nice. I wonder if that played a part. He's very liked very liked among the rugby league world, not just because of his great ball-playing ability and one of the premier locks in the competition, but he's well-liked on the base of how nice of a guy he is. Did that? I'm wondering if that played a part in him not missing a game. Yeah, Minus, and he's a, I don't think he's been suspended before either. I could be wrong. Uh, so it's probably helped him out there. Um, I'm a fan of your your uh, history at the judiciary coming into effect on charges, but also just being a nice guy shouldn't come into it at all. Uh, cool. I feel like if... So Isaac Luke got a two-game suspension plus a one-game for challenging the charge. Nick Contra got a three-game suspension. If that's the the new line in the sand that the NRL judiciary is talking about and to protect players, fair enough. But Jake probably, on that scale, probably needed to have a week or two on the yeah. on suspension. I don't think it was as bad as Nick Kotrick's one. And I supported the send-off for Nick. But I thought this should have been a week, at least. I thought, Nick was, I thought Nick was unlikely to be sent off for that, to be honest. Actually, I, I, was, very I, I was very supportive of the decision. I really yeah. like to have to find it straight away as well. well but I, anyway. feel like, I feel like Nick's been made more of a bit of an example of. Like There wasn't a driving charge into the ground. But anyway, that's another topic. On our next topic on the Rugby League world, our creative podcast, Justin Holbrook all but certain agreed to terms with the Gold Coast Titans. Uh, so... We can now relate this back to the Bulldogs. There's rumours that he'll be coming to the Bulldogs either as a head coach or an assistant coach. Looks like the Bulldogs have missed out on Holbrook. It's been reported by multiple sources that Holbrook's signed a contract with the Titans. Um, so I think they're just finalising the details before he signs, but they have agreed that Justin Holbrook will be the coach of the Titans. 
Uh, the Titans tried to hose it down yesterday, but uh, the, I think the general consensus is that um, they're just waiting for St. Helens to announce that Holbrook will leave the club, and Justin Holbrook will be at the Titans by next season. I think uh, Peter Bedell tweeted that they're going through, like you said, nutting at parts of the contract and also possibly looking at certain players to get next year as well, or like as in keep on board. Yeah. What he was talking about, so they're just going through the squad and who gets the cut or who's off contract, and looking at him, looking at the players' details and what type of contract they're and how long they're at the club for. So, I think that's the final thing they're looking at right now. And some people have said Kevin Walters unlucky, but uh, Holbrook's got a really good record in the Super League. Well, he's he got... doesn't want the job, Kevin. Well, that's he keeps saying he doesn't report. want the job, he, he didn't even saying... apply for the job. And he wants to coach Queensland next year. This whole Kevin Walters to the Titans stuff, media beat-up. Do you say it's media beat-up? Yeah, the, the media's reported that he secretly wants it. But he said he did say he wants to coach Queensland next year and get uh, a win for Queensland, which would make it very difficult. I don't think the Gold Coast, and most of the time it's a full-time job now, the origin coaching. So I don't think the Titans will be very happy having him as a coach or any club really having an origin coach to missing three weeks of the year and then prepping for origin, because that is now seen as a full-time job. Well, yeah, it is, have, it'll, it'll, or at least a permanent well. part-time. It is a permanent role in this yeah. in a sense, have, at least. Have, any, no, any coach couldn't coach both anymore. anymore. Um, no. But I, I feel like Kevin Walters, I don't think we'll ever see Kevin Walters coach in the NRL unless it's at the Brisbane Broncos. So the only way I see Walters being a coach is Seabold, Fails at Brisbane and ends up getting the sack in a year or two, and Walters is the coach of Brisbane Broncos. Apart from that, I don't see Kevin Walters coaching. There you go. So, yeah, I'm not coaching <laughs> the NRL at all. Bold no, prediction. It's, we've gone a bit off topic, <laughs> off of Matt, because we thought about Holbrook playing the Titans, and um, a few fans wanted Holbrook to come <laughs> to the Bulldogs. Yeah. Is it, we can just go into quickly is it a big loss for the Bulldogs? Was it a loss opportunity? Was the Bulldogs really chasing him? Or we'll possibly as assistant coach, then take over in twenty twenty one. Do you really would he really agree to sign on as a coach, assistant coach for one year, than to take over after twenty twenty one? Especially, what happens if Dean Pay has a good season in twenty twenty? That's a weird no, so, agreement. I don't like that. I wouldn't like that. So no, that won't happen. Um, well, I don't think that was ever happen. If we got Holbrook, Pay would have been fired. But it's good to see. I, like I've been on record as saying that um, Pay deserves more time, considering what he took over, um, to really see if he can, he's up to the level of coaching or not. You can't judge it off what he's done so far. Holbrook uh, to the Titans, he seems like a good coach, but just being a good coach in the Super League doesn't always mean that you're a good coach in the NRL, although we have had some coaches come back from the Super League and do really well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, it's good to see. My mind's good to see the dog stick with Dean Pay. So a bit of faith in Dean Pay is looks like the message from the Bulldogs. Let's go on to the third topic of rugby league world: forward passes. There's been a lot of forward passes called this what week. What happened? There you go. What happened? There's a lot of forward passes called this week, and no more controversial one than the Roger Tuivasa Sheck pass, which led to which was going to be a try which saw the Warriors actually end up going down to the Eels by two points at Bank West on Saturday. Was it forward? Was it play on? 
What's your like? What's your thoughts? Was it oh, good ball, bad ball? Play on, Terrible. try Warriors. He flicked the ball. He flicked the ball backwards. His hand was in front of the ball, flicking it backwards. It's a backwards pass and running as well. A midway for a run. He didn't stop or anything. He was getting tackled and running at the same time. Yeah. So we've seen. So yeah, hand was in front of the ball, flicking it backwards. That's all you need to look at. Backwards. So pass the Warriors, Warriors dudded, but this is also. Possibly dudded in their game because that would have given them the four points and pro- probably six. The way they scored, they end up coming back in the field of play, so it should have been six points. But they've they are called that the reports of the NRL is looking at Hawkeye technology to determine a forward pass. Are you a yeah. fan? Well, of, of, even if even we'll start off. Are you a fan of Hawkeye coming in to determine a forward pass? No. Okay, that was no, not really. We don't need more technology involved in rugby league. Uh, we've um, got enough technology as it is. Um, I'm I'm not certain how Hawkeye will help. Hawkeye can, if you're using cricket and tennis as an example, Hawkeye can track the ball um, to I think to a millimeter of where it was going to go or something along those lines. But in cricket, you're tracking where the ball is going after it hits something. In tennis, you're tracking where the ball actually went. In rugby league, you need to be able to attract to track the ball coming out of the hands. And it also needs to then take into consideration the momentum of the player running forward, how fast the player is running forward, and all those things. So, so um, I don't know how a piece of technology can can work all that out. Like, it's a judgment. It's a human eye judgment call. A forward I'm pass or not. I'm personally not a fan of Hawkeye. However, would you be a fan if the bunker can rule on forward passes no. by looking at their hands? No, pass? I think there's there's not enough camera. The camera angles are not great to be able to judge a forward pass on, say, the 20 meter line uh, with the camera on halfway. It's probably not. It's not a great angle to be able to work out what happened. So, like, look Sorry, go oh, on. So Luke Kerry did come out and said we need to uh, sometimes live with the referees' poor calls. It sometimes is hard, but usually the old saying is that you get one and then you usually get a, a bad call yourself as well. So it all usually evens itself out. Yeah, Warriors well, Luke, unlucky, though, in that game in particular, though. Luke Kerry is 100% right. Right? You've got to get bad calls, you just got to live with it. Fair enough. But my biggest question out of the weekend is why why all of a sudden we had a multitude of forward passes. But there's more forward passes caught on the weekend, just passed, than any other weekend of the season by far. So have the referees changed something without telling the public? Um, the touchy's position or, better, maybe? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. But all of a sudden, it's, it's like we've had a referee crackdown on forward passes. No one knew it was coming. And that doesn't mean it's wrong, but what are they looking at and how are they determining these what's a forward pass and what's not and why has that changed so dramatically mm. and all of a sudden? That's my yeah. biggest question. But I said, what happened? Like, how have we had so many massive, like so many forward passes at so many key moments in the game all of a sudden, all in one week? Well, if you look at the uh, Rebelos and Dragons game where the Rebelos won on the Hooter, well, pretty much on the side of ANZ Stadium on the weekend with uh, Courageous Dragons side going down, that 
there was a question mark over the final pass, which saw Rabideau's go in for a try. Because I was mm. looking at live thinking it was possibly forward, but they caught a try. They went up to the bunker to check if he was in, and he was in by about two metres. Yeah. So that one was a big call. What wasn't made for the uh, well, for the Dragons fans. I mean, I even looked at it twice, and I thought possibly forward, but I was happy to go with live, the live call with that one cool. as well. So, yeah. but I'm just saying that's another one that wasn't picked up on. Yeah. So that's interesting. I'm interested to see if um, there's many forward passes this weekend. Yes, or if it was just a bad weekend for NRL players, throwing ball forward apparently. <laughs> All right, I think it's time to go into our final segment of the week, and our final segment of the week is always list of the topics, Scotty. Yeah, we've so, got um, just yeah. topics that are either directly messaged to us yeah. that wanted to be talked about, or topics that have been talked about a lot on the socials. Yeah, we've got a lot this week. We're, we're covering a fair few. We've got four. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's still a lot. <laughs> But the last one's in some detail, so it's a bit to talk about. And we're going to start off with the potential signing of Afi Coruscant, the Manly Seagulls hooker who's currently injured at the moment. He did win the grand final against the Bulldogs. Yeah, bring the championship winning hooker to the Dogs. Come on, let's do it. Uh, Matthew's ticked of approval. We do have a problem with the hooker position. We've had it for a while since Michael Leach has been at the club. (laughs) Not a good... Say like he hasn't really knuckled down. We thought he was going to be the next big thing. We've also made way of Damian Cook, which is also another Des Hasler. Well, the nice way of saying that is we've had a problem since Michael Ennis left. <laughs> no, no, since Michael Leach got to the club, he needed to hear it. Um, uh, yeah. So, what do you reckon, Apicel Coruscant? Would he be worth the signing? Well, his contract is to Manly, so another positive for him is that if he doesn't ask for a release at Manly. And just comes to us as them trying to shop him around. That means yeah. Manly will have to pay part of his contract, and that could be a handy. For handy next season, at least, yeah. So he hasn't met, it won't be, if he doesn't get released, it would be handy, and we could pick up a part of his deal, and we could get a quality hooker on cheap for cheaper wages. Which will be and, massive uh, for us going into next season. It's our last year of, uh, like, with our salary cap really hurting back us. Back end deals, yeah. Back end deals and yeah. players being paid to play elsewhere. So, um, especially if we can get him, in his, I think he's got another year at Manly to go. We could get him on a cheap for a year, then we could uh, then sign him for maybe to another year or so, where we pay, we front the whole bill. But um, I would definitely be keen. We do need a hooker, like a proper hooker. I feel like sometimes uh, Marshall King's a bit, like you said, he's good at good at running. I feel sometimes he's a bit weak in defence. And uh, yeah. Coruscant is just a natural hooker, and um, someone who'll back himself as well. And I think he's a quality player. And um, just for a plug it out, a, t- a manly person keeps tweeting us, it'd be good to see him come to a real club. Battle <laughs> <laughs> yeah. between the manly fan who thinks that we're not a real club. <laughs> yeah, not a real football team or something like that. Whatever that means. Let's go away from negativity to a nice positive story, which hasn't made much headlines. Dylan Napa, with the uh, fire in his unit, being a good neighbour, helping out. That's good to see some good news with the Bulldogs. And Dylan Napa, he definitely would have been nice to have on his... He definitely needed some good news stories, yeah. closely, especially after the horror off-season, with all the headlines on the wrong reasons. It's good to see him in the headlines for all the right reasons. 
yeah, congratulations, Dylan, on being a, a good Samaritan there and helping out your neighbours under some some crisis situation there. A bit of fire. It's my um, favourite thing is when he was interviewed about this story, he said, I was just doing what any good neighbour would do. I don't, I don't want... He's on along the lines about saying he doesn't want this to be a big story. So very humble. Yeah, well, I'd say football players are, uh, are just people as well. Um, it's good to, especially, I know he's been in a horrible off-season and some, but it's always good to um, promote the players who go out of their way and do good, um, who do well, who help out. Like, he could have easily, like, I suppose, ignored it or got out of himself and not look, yeah. try to even see if everything's all right, get himself out, look after himself first, but he didn't. So I think it should be drummed up a little bit, and he, des- he deserves a little bit of yeah. a, a kind Absolutely. Next topic is, uh, you've mentioned it during the team... Lo- no, you didn't, actually. No, I didn't. I'm not sure. Aiden Tolman, 12th Bulldogs player to reach 200 NRL games for the club. How good. From my opinion, he will go down as a club legend. He actually is a club legend now, if you ask me. 200 NRL games for the one team. It's the milestone year for Aiden Tolman. He, he celebrated 250 not that long ago against Cronulla in our old games, of course, playing the uh, the rest against the rest of his games in Melbourne prior to coming to the Bulldogs. This is game 200. What a clubman he's been. Uh, he constantly wins that award. He's just absolutely fantastic to have. It's he's a to reach, be extremely proud of. He could reach 300 games in the front row. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, to do 200 here, he's been a, he's a longest-serving Bulldogs player. He's been there when we've been really good. He's been there in the mediocre years, and he's been here for the last couple, including the last year of Des Hasler and Dean Pay. That he's here for the rebuild. He looks like someone who's really determined on staying and being and seeing the Bulldogs to a success. Um, there was plenty of teams interested in him when there was rumours that he could have been off to. Um, to keep. I knew Cronulla were keen on him last year, but ended up getting Aaron Woods because the rumour was Tolman was on the way out. But uh, Tolman, I remember in an interview last year, said Dean Pay said he wanted him to stay put and he really rates Tolman. And that's when Dean Pay then chopped Woods out of the side. So congratulations, Aiden Tolman, on this great milestone. Fantastic player. He was my player of the match against the Roosters, and he constantly does those little one percenters, and he deserves this milestone. And I hope a lot of people go out to Bank West to watch Tolman's 200 uh, NRL game for the Blue and Whites on the weekend. Yeah, he definitely deserves it. But a side note there is, is Aaron Woods the worst signing the club's made? And I don't mean from a performance on the field sort of basis. I mean just from a, how that played out. It's with us for six months. I just actually think performance he's up there anyway. There's so many close games that he well, I remember, handling I remember, uh, I remember Williams, the halfback. Was it Jack Williams? Oh, yes, yes. Joe Williams, sorry, Joe the halfback. Williams. Players like uh, Ben Shalosky, Justin Sulos. Anyway. Well, I think, but anyway, well, I think Aaron we... Woods does go down <laughs> as one of those, especially that he was on as a marquee player. Like, at least the other players weren't yeah. marquee. They were just young players coming through the grades where we signed Woods as a marquee player, and he a lot of handling errors and a lot of stupid penalties, and he continues to do that anyway at Cronulla. So. <laughs> All righty, we digress. Let's go into our final topic. This one brought up to us by George uh, on Twitter, your Twitter handle, at OllieGeorge underscore. 
Um, so it was quite a detailed tweet. So we're taking two main points out of it. Um, he wants to talk about bloody new players. I think there was a slight crack in there uh, about is the club trying to win back-to-back Canterbury Cup Grand Finals? Well, I mean, the, no doubt they're going. They would love that. It'd be pretty cool to have. But um, all of our Canterbury Cup players, well, the ones who are featured heavily in Canterbury Cup, will be able to come to NRL then drop back for finals because they played most of the year at Canterbury Cup. Yeah. They've already played their quota, so yes. But um, I'm suspecting he's talking about players along the lines of Morgan Harper, the captain at centre. Yeah. Um, maybe someone like uh, Kane. Kelsch as well. Maybe even Nockenbor and Christian Crichton, maybe. I mean, they have played a bit of top grade as well, but um, in and out of the side. That's the players I think he's talking about. Should we bold some new players in the back end of the year? And if so, who should we bold? Oh, who should we blood? Blood. Blood, blood sorry. Bold. I don't know what I'm we saying. Need, bold we need more. some bold players as well. Um, I'm looking at the bold uh, headlines on our paper. <laughs> the bold top. <laughs> That's our Love uh, sorry, blood. Should we blood any new players this uh, year? Morgan, if Morgan so, Harper probably who? deserves a shot uh, if he gets over his recent injury that we discussed. Um, the side this weekend to take on the Panthers at Ben Quest and that triple triple header for the Canterbury Cup side. So yeah, but you'll have you have to get over that one hundred percent to make an NRL debut at this stage, I believe. Uh, you want you don't want to be making your debut and carrying something. Uh, he might be happy to carry something in the Canterbury Cup. Uh, so if he's completely over his injury, I think we should give him a crack. Um, Kane Kulch, as you said. Uh, I've also heard it pronounced Kalachi. Um, if he gets a... He probably deserves a crack. He hasn't let anyone down. A good young lock. Uh, outside, of, outside of that, um, I well, feel like we've swapped and switched a lot uh, as the season's gone, as it is, with our halves. Um, Players like Fatal and Mariner dropping back and forth. Uh, Ogden. Corey. Um, Tua Munger. Those type of players. Um, so should we blood, blood players or should we put our best players in the Canterbury Cup? I knew I made a joke in the stands on Sunday saying that Wakeham was playing Canterbury Cup because he could win a premiership uh, <laughs> instead of playing NRL. Um, I don't know if that's... I doubt if that's the actual goal of the club. But if uh, you're listening to this and you want your say, make sure you tweet us. Uh, Instagram message us or email us and tell us what you want to see. Do you want to see players being blooded or would you rather leave the the balance of the Canterbury Cup team relatively how it has been and see if they could go on to win the Canterbury Cup Grand Final? I, I want both. I want the NRL to do as, as well as we possibly can for the rest of the season and then I want to win the Canterbury Cup Final. Well, I think it's potential to do the same thing as last year where Reese Martin dropped back last year after playing enough games and controversially yeah. playing enough games. So I think someone like him, like so someone like Morgan Harper could do the same. Like he's already qualified yeah. and Kane Kelsch or Kane Kelsch is already qualified. Uh Christian Crichton is already qualified and so is Jaden Ockenbord. There's a lot of players who are already qualified so they could finish off the year in top grade, those players I've just mentioned. Um and also go back week one of the finals. It looks like we've secured the spot in the Canterbury Cup, maybe another win or two would be ideal. But again, who do you drop into reserve grade if you put Morgan Harper? Does he, do you make the controversial chop and get rid of Hopper Wate and put Harper in? Or do you 
shuffle the back line to get uh, Morgan Harper in? That's another question. Also, I think with Kane Kelsey, he should somehow get a, at least a crack on the bench. Like, we're playing Danny Falalo and Chris Smith, who has not set the world on fire at all. Uh, so, I don't think there's any harm in giving Kelsey a run on the bench or yeah. something like around there. But uh, even if you do start dropping, I'm not sure about Chris Smith. I don't know if he's qualified enough. He's played a few reserve grade games. We might be able to drop him back and get him a few. We could maybe qualify for him, and then there we've got another strong reserve grade team if he's able to drop back and qualify. That might be interesting to see him uh, get someone like him qualifying because Ram Vitalamana will qualify for a Canterbury Cup. For sure. I think we should, probably should leave it there, hey, Scotty? Yeah, until uh, next week. All right, guys, that's all for this week. Make sure you message us on Twitter at LRL Bulldogs fans, uh, Instagram at LRL Bulldogs underscore fans, or send us an email, lrlbulldogs.fans at gmail.com. We'll also provide a link for you guys to go to our anchor profile page where you can send an audio message. Uh, we had one a couple of weeks ago, none this week, uh, but we'd really love to hear as many audio messages coming through as as we can. So if you want to talk about anything that we've talked about, send us a message. Uh, if you want to hear something on next week's podcast, do the same thing. Uh, and until next week, guys, go to the Bulldogs. <laughs>